0: You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.
1: Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness. I'm excited about our guest today, Rick Altizer. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Sean, it's good to be here. You and I have known each other for a few years. Uh, We met at the Fatherhood Commission uh, a few years ago. I'm not even sure how many years, but we, we met. I feel like we had a connection there. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We did a little interview together and you shared your life story. Stephen Kendrick brought you in. You need to talk to this guy. You got to talk to Sean. He's got a story. So uh, that was great. <laughs> Stephen introduced us and we did. Had a great little interview about your story.
1: Yeah, you were working on the uh, Show Me the Father documentary and that was that was uh, uh, it's a cool experience. I'd never done anything like that where I got to you share my story and just you, the way you talk me through it. And I'm, I'm crying like a baby sharing my story and you're talking me through it. And I just thought that was, uh, that was just, it was a fun experience. I also felt kind of stupid, but cause I was crying, but you know, it was, it was good. But also your name's Rick and that was my birth dad's name. So I, I felt a connection there as well. He talked about that too. So well,
0: when you start talking about fathers, you know um, it's very emotional and the movie show me the father, very emotional, lots of tears with that film. Because uh, you start talking about a dad, and it's oh, I love my dad so much. He meant so much to me, or I miss him so much, or he's such a role model for me. And the tears come because you love him so much. Or it can be you know I was so wounded by my father. It was so hurtful. I had such a painful experience with him, and then the tears come that way as well. So um, fatherhood is is a you know a key primary relationship because that's the key primary relationship of God. God is Father. He's in the triune God. He's Father. You got Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So he's identified. Fatherhood isn't just something that happens here on our earth. It it's modeled to us from all eternity past by an eternal God whose uh definition is father. So that's why it's such an important
1: relationship. That's so great. Now, now just go back a little bit. Tell us about who you are. Uh, tell our viewers, you know, who you I know you you were the director of Show Me the Father. What else? Do you have you done where you're at also?
0: yeah I came from uh, uh a music background I was a recording artist back in the day I sold dozens of records I have dozens of fans all <laughs> over the world dozens I tell you dozens and then I transitioned into filmmaking uh with uh, working with an artist Christian a co- comedian by the name of Shonda Pierce and I did her uh a movie for her called Laughing in the Dark. That uh, was kind of her story. And um, we did that as a Fathom event. And it turned out to be the number five movie in America the night it was released. So then we did, you know, so that did pretty good. We did another one. And then that was the number two movie in America the night it was released. So I did end up doing three films with Shonda um, that were in Fathom events and they're, you know, DVDs now and, you know, streaming and those kinds of things. Then I did a movie cu- with Russ Taff. Rustaf was a Christian singer back in the 90s and 2000s, one of the uh, upper echelon singers of the day. And he talked about his alcohol addiction. And uh, while he was singing songs about Jesus, struggling with alcoholism and hiding in the church. So we made a documentary about that. And um, that was, you know, again, in theaters. And so Stephen Kendrick from the Kendrick Brothers, the Kendrick Brothers made movies such as War Room, Courageous, Fireproof. Overcomer facing the giants, very popular Christian movies, very popular in the church. Uh, If you don't go to Baptist potlucks, you might not know about them. But uh, if you go to Baptist potlucks, you know about the Kendrick Brothers. And uh, (laughs) so I had uh, I had a a a radio show in Nashville uh, where I live, and uh, Stephen was on the show. And after our interview, he goes, "You know, we're thinking about doing a documentary. You'd be perfect for us." And I went. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. And then, uh, he had mentioned to me, he said, you know, there's, we want to do documentaries and he had four ideas. He said, I think, uh, we could do, I want to do a documentary on, on adoption. I want to do, uh, a documentary, you know, on, on the abortion industry and adoption. I want to do in a, a documentary on, uh, parenting. I want to do a documentary on, uh, the reliability of the New Testament documents, you know, and I want to do one on fatherhood of God. And uh, I had just been through a a course at my church called Sonship, which was helping people who were involved in ministry and kind of got burned out, kind of helping them see basically that they're functional orphans in the church. Functionally, you know, they, they lead worship or they're the men's ministry leader or they're the female Women's group leader of their church, or maybe even a pastor of a church. They're doing all the Christian stuff, but at the end of the day, they don't really believe God's their father. They don't connect with God that way. And so they don't really believe he's good or really believe he's sovereign. That's kind of many of us. So I said to Stephen, I think the documentary needs to be on the fatherhood of God because you can convince me all day long that the New Testament documents are reliable. But if I can't connect to God as father, None of that really matters. I just think it's the upstream issue, how we relate to God as Father from everything, and he agreed with that. I didn't have to convince him; he was all in. As soon as I, he goes, "That sounds good to me. You're right." You know. So we started, show me the Father from there, and um, so that was uh, we kind of had that at the end of November, the the fourth of December, like a week and a half later was the fatherhood commission. So I drove down to Albany, Georgia and, uh, spent time with the Kendrick brothers and we talked about the film, but what it might look like. And then he said, let's go to the fatherhood commission and just get a bunch of interviews. Cause we'll have a bunch of fatherhood people there who do, you know? And so I think we did. Oh, I don't remember the m- number. I think it might've been 14 interviews. I think we did in two days. I think it was 14. Wow. Which, which wore me out, but, yeah. uh, I was the last one we're about to tear down. He don't quit. Don't quit. You got to You got to interview Sean. And, uh, so that really kind of helped us. Although none of those interviews ended up, sorry, Sean, none of those interviews ended up in the movie. It really did help us, uh, just get a really good idea of what the issues are and kind of what we're talking about and hearing different people's stories really helped us to know what, what's powerful. And, um, what kind of how we wanted to go with the movie. So that really helped us. Like your interview was probably the most powerful one, talking about this estrangement from your dad and uh, hating your dad, you know, and then growing, then connecting to God through that. You know, when I grow up with a dad I hate, all of a sudden I'm supposed to put the words perfect and father together in the same sentence when I talk about God. How do you do that? You know, how's that even done? And so, uh, that really helped us. Your your testimony was so powerful. And do you have that up somewhere available? Is that testimony available for I, people to
1: watch? Yeah, I'm planning to share it. I have not yet. Yeah, we have, I'm trying to figure out where to. Okay. Put the best place, but I have not yet. So I have. am well, holding on to it. I'm going to put it up. People out
0: there. listening to this interview when he releases it, you need to watch it. It's powerful. You need to get that out. You need to get that out. I will.
1: Definitely go definitely going to. You gave it to me, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that. I, I did that a
0: while just ago, Sean. It. What's I know, happening? I just What's haven't.
1: I just haven't found a place for you yet. I'm going, I'm going to, though. I'm going to put it on. All there, right. Okay. I'm excited to use it eventually. Now to go back to, to your story. What's your story of growing up? What was your story with your dad? Um, well, uh, my dad's still
0: alive. So, um, uh, my dad, my relationship with my dad now is very good. You know, he's very yeah. loving, you know, growing up, things were, you know, a little different. It was a different time. And, uh, so like with, with a lot of people, um, uh, You know, I came from a divorced home, so there was a lot of anger in the home and a lot of things going on. But then I became a very angry kid as a teenager. So so that was challenging for me. Um, But uh, just praise the Lord, just only by the grace of God, I, I got saved very early. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. But very early, I came to the Lord at 14. I became a strong, committed Christian. And so God kind of just reached down and just plucked me out and just kind of saved me. So
1: very, very. Uh, happened? What, happened? what happened? You just got connected to a church or somebody talked to you or how'd you?
0: Okay. I'm going to tell my story. You ready for this?
1: Yeah. Hey, I, right. I told you, I told my story to you. So. <laughs> you did. You did.
0: <laughs> um. So when I was eight, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was seven or eight. I don't know exactly. I think I might have been more closer to seven. I woke up in the middle of the night. It was pitch dark. I walked down the hall, past the dining room, through the kitchen, and there's a little carport by our kitchen. And I opened the door to the kitchen, and there were two angels standing in the door. Hmm. And they were looking at me and smiling and they looked at each other smiled at each other and looked back at me and smiled at me and then i fainted and i went right straight to the floor and uh so it was one of those things that you know my whole life i didn't quite know what that meant you know why what was that about and you know you you second guess was that a dream was that but you know when an event like that happens you remember it It wasn't a dream. You know, I know what a dream is like, you know, or a vision or something. I know what that's like. And this was not that this was, this was a real event that really happened. That's all I can say. You know, I don't know what else to say. I never quite understood what that was all about, but then I really felt like God was just making it easy for me to come to him. That, uh, he chose me to come to him. And so at 14, I was at a young life meeting and this guy was sharing how you become a Christian. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, there was, was no struggle. There was no, Oh, I just never heard it before. Uh, you know, I had posters of Alice Cooper hanging himself on my wall <laughs> and Jimi Hendrix and whatever else, you know, posters, rock and roll posters. And and there was a picture of the last supper, you know, I mean, it was just all cool to me. You know, Jesus was just cool. I didn't really know, you know, I, I had, like I said, I hadn't grown up in a church and didn't really have much exposure to it. But as soon as I heard the gospel, it's like, oh yeah. And then it was an immediate change in my life at 14. It was just immediate. And there was never really a time where I just uh, wasn't with the Lord. So um, he got me early. I really do feel like that was his grace. I was angry coming from my mom and dad got divorced when i was 14 so i think i was at, at that age where you know i was going to go one way or the other and i think the lord just graciously protected me from going the other way and hmm. just said nope nope not gonna let that happen you're gonna come with me and uh through the years i still why did that happen god what was what was the meaning what was the purpose of that and was there some bigger meaning behind it? And I don't really know. I don't really, you know, all I know is is God used that to draw me to himself, and that's good enough, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, so yeah, so that's that's how I came to the Lord. And and um, so since 14, I mean, I was preaching at 16 and having wow. Bible studies in my home, and at 14, 15 out at the smoker's pit, witnessing to guys, talking about Led Zeppelin and Jesus, you know. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's great right. so yeah and then here we are all these years later uh still yeah. serving christ and and communicating to you know whoever will listen
1: about oh, with the, the show
0: the heavenly father
1: that's awesome amen and, and so you now you went from that to um, how did you get into directing that? I mean, I know you told the story a little bit about how it started. Yeah. But... Well, I was
0: a recording artist um, and came out to Nashville and how'd uh, you get into that though? I just had that, how'd that happen? Um, well, I'd been, that was my, my, I'd, I wanted to do music my whole life. I went out okay. to Los Angeles. I lived lived there. I was a staff writer for a Warner brothers in, uh, in Los Angeles. I was managed by a guy named Elliot Roberts who managed uh, Bob Dylan and Neil Young and Tom Petty and, Joni Mitchell. So, um, I was supposed to, you know, be a big, whatever. And God, you know, had other plans for me in that world and it didn't really work out. And So we left, uh, California. I was married at the time, left California, came to Nashville. Nashville is a big, you know, a recording and songwriting community. So I came out here to do music and, and, uh, ended up did getting a Christian record deal here. Mm. And, um, so, Started working with Shonda Pierce, helping her with some music projects and other things. And she said to me, I want to make movies. You know, I like to make a movie. And I said, well, I can't do that for you. But we could do a demo tape. Back in the day, way back in the day, you'd have little cassette tapes. For those of you who even know what a cassette tape is, you'd put three songs on a cassette tape. And you'd send your three-song cassette tape off to a record company. And if they liked it, that's called your demo tape. If they liked it, they would uh, call you back and say, hey, why don't you come into our studio and let's do a couple more songs. Let's see how it sounds, right? So I said to her, why don't we do a demo tape? Like back in the day, I'll go out on the road with you for, for a weekend and maybe get five minutes of filming something with you. And then uh, we'll see what people think. Maybe somebody would want to work with you. So she said, okay. So went on the road with her and got 16 minutes, put a little something together. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never... Done anything like that my my son was helping someone film weddings so i noticed what he was doing and the cameras were changing now to where they're starting to do things inside a, a point and shoot camera that it's called a dslr camera that was you know 1080p high def looked really good and you get a good lens and a decent camera i had a little cheap camera and a 300 400 dollar lens little lavalier on Shonda, hundred dollar lavalier. And, uh, you know, just, I understood audio because I've, I've had, a, you know, I have a recording studio in my home, so I knew how to do audio. So I was able to take care of that, but I was just doing it on autofocus. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was making it up. Yeah. Ended up with 16 minutes and they said her and her manager took me to lunch at a pizza place. And they said, uh, over pizza, we really like this. Uh, we want you to make this. Can you make a film for us? And I kind of gulped and went, sure. <laughs> That's great. Never having any interest or desire to ever do that. And yeah. uh, it was pretty stressful. I thought it was just going to be something for Shonda Pierce's table. You know, she comes to your town and does a show and has her little product table. And maybe we do a little DVD or something that I made that they would sell for 10 bucks or something like that. You know, And then it turned out it was going to be in theaters and there's been in, you know, $250,000 on marketing and, you know, G. Rick, you know, somebody had stolen a hundred thousand dollars from her on her booking agent and skipped town with, she lost all this money and G. Rick, I hope this is really good. And all the pressures on me to what, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. You, you know, and, uh, but God was very faithful and gracious and laughing in the dark, came out and, uh, did great. And, uh, Really helped her career and helped my career. Then, you know, from there, now I've done six documentaries
1: now. So just what a crazy story. I love that story because you went from that to all that down that journey, something you weren't even planning on being in. That's how God works, right? And then you go to, you're over to show me the father, and then we'll talk about your future projects in a second. But show me the father and now show me the father has been released in, I know for sure, Florida and several prisons and helping fathers realize that the need to have that relationship with the heavenly father and to be a good father. And because you were willing to just kind of go into an area that you didn't even really know about or have a passion for, look what God's done. I mean, I I love that. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, last month, March of 2023, uh, every prison in the state of Florida played it. And so far, last count I got was forty thousand inmates have seen it, and that was two and a half weeks ago. So it's it's more than that now. So um, that is just amazing. I was in South Carolina last year at a Christian university. I mean, last last week, Uh, last week I was at a Christian university, and they showed the movie Thursday night last Thursday, and um, had you know got to meet with a bunch of college students and talk to them about filmmaking couple of classes and and again to see the film just all these college students I didn't know how it was going to play for college students you yeah, I didn't really know and I hadn't seen the film in a while and lots of tears and they were all just engaged from start to finish with that film mm-hmm. they were they were in they were all in so that was great to see that and to see that it's still it's gonna be doing what it does way after I'm dead you know it's going to have an impact like like I said you that's a primary relationship is fatherhood. It's primary because it's the modeling of, of the triune God. And so uh, that message is always going to be powerful and important uh, way after
1: I'm dead. Do you have any stories you can share um, from the impact of showing Me the Father with a fatherless family? Anything that you can think of off the top oh, of your head? Oh, so many. I mean, we we
0: love to Stephen Kendrick loves to go on— Amazon read all the reviews and see what they say, you know, cause there's, I'm not exaggerating. It's thousands of reviews. It's thousands of people who've been impacted by it. But some of the things that I really was excited about was to hear some of the, just in the last month, uh, its impact in, in the prisons in Florida, uh, chaplains are telling us that gang members were crying that hmm. these prisoners were walking the halls, stunned, that they're coming to them uh, after seeing the movie. What do I do now? You know, I want to give my life to God. I want to, in one story we did it before they rolled it out to every prison in the state of Florida in uh, February of this year, they did a little test and they played it in three or four uh, prisons just to see how it would do. So one of the prisoners saw it and um, he came from a family of 23 kids and he had not, and he was the youngest of 23 And he hadn't spoken or seen his dad since he was 16. So had been estranged from his dad, hadn't seen him. And after seeing the movie, he decided, you know, I'm going to call my dad. So he tracked down his dad and called him and just said, you know, I'm sorry for how I treated you when I was 16. um, But, you know, I'm going to be getting out of prison in four years. And I really want to have a a relationship with you. And his dad was very encouraging. You know, yeah, I want to do that. He told his dad he loved him and his dad said to him, he said, I love you, son. And that was the first time this prisoner had ever heard his father say, I love you. First time ever. So then the movie on March 1st is going to be played in their prison. And again, the second time. And before the movie plays, he gets a, a message that his dad had died. And so the last words he ever heard his father say to him were, I love you. And, you know, the movie show me the father was what God used to, to do that, that that's going to bring healing into his life. And we're hearing stories of even chaplains who have played it, who hadn't talked to their dad in 16 years or calling up their dad and trying to, you know, reconcile that relationship. Um, So seeing, seeing how it's helping uh, people be, who are estranged from their fathers getting engaged with their dads and also people who maybe don't know their they're what I call the functional orphan I'm doing my thing but I'm I'm functionally an orphan I don't really believe God's my dad helping them connect with father god in a new way um, that's that's to me everything that's so powerful and that's you know why we did the film and I know Stephen Kendrick feels the same way those are the things that excite him. And, uh, so yeah, pretty powerful stuff. Very, 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 uh, proud of that film. And, um, also want to give a shout out to Mark Miller, the, who, you know, Mark from the Fatherhood commission, Mark Mm -hmm. was the producer, Mark and I edited the movie together. And then Stephen Kendrick was, uh, the three of us kind of involved in just putting that together. So very, very honored to be a part of that.
1: Well, that's wonderful, and I, I thank you for your work in that. I know you have to go here in just a few minutes, but you just tell us anything else that you can think of in your ministry experience regarding fatherlessness. Any insights or anything that comes off the top of your head?
0: Yeah, I mean that um, that fatherhood relationship, that father relationship, is so so important, and so many of us who struggle with seeing God as Father maybe because of some of our own. Uh, struggles with our own dad as i say in the film um we we have this piece of glass and on this piece of glass is an image of our earthly dad and we hold that piece of glass up and we look at god kind of through that that lens we kind of look up through it and we and we project onto god these traits of our dad and so if our dad let's say was distant and we we feel god's distant if our dad was a liar. Uh, it's difficult for us to trust in God if our father wasn't reliable, you know, and we had to learn to be self-sufficient. We take that into our Christianity. So it's it's so important that we uh, see God, that he's not like our dad. He's not like our earthly dad. Yeah. And he's perfect. Even for those who had great dads, and I know you had a, a mentor who wasn't your earthly dad, but you had somebody who modeled fathership to you fatherhood to you. And, um, even those guys, they're still not perfect, you know? And so God loves us perfectly. And that's so such an important thing for us to learn. And so what I'm working on now is, uh, I'm in the process of trying to put together a, uh, show me the father type film for women. Mm. So that's, that's what I'm focusing on now. It's called, he calls me daughter and, uh, you know, trying to get a, a film off the ground is, you know, it's like getting the Titanic to move. You know, it's a, there's budget concerns and, you know, how am I going to, you know, how are we going to raise the funds and getting people, uh, who have the similar vision to this and want to do this. So, um, as it is now, the Kendrick brothers won't be working on this. They're doing a, you know, their own things, their own narrative type films. They're going to kind of stick in that genre, but, uh, uh, yeah. So getting money raised and getting that off the ground. But again, it's something that I know God is calling me to do. So I don't think we're done with the, for me I'm not done with the fatherhood issue because I think so many women today especially in our culture uh, just what is a woman you know it's 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 woman uh, femininity is just kind of under attack. So I really do feel like this is an important message to help women know that they have value and worth that they're not second class citizens that God values them and calls them daughter. And then for men to learn how to speak to their wives and how to speak to daughters. You know, how do I communicate to women and communicate that they have value and worth and not demean them. So I think it's important for, for us as a church body and as a culture to discuss this in the concept of fatherhood and, uh, how, how that relates to women.
1: I I love that. And before we wrap up, I mean, we just sent yesterday a, um, whole kit of resources to this there's this ministry in georgia that's having this uh, it's a fatherless daughters and single moms event um and we just send devotionals to them resources to them because a lot of times the emphasis is put on the fatherless boys if there's any emphasis at all a lot of times so there's i love what you're doing with this documentary because these girls need to um be able to have that experience be able to have find that hope and have a place where they can get mentored because a lot of times it rests on the single mom and the the single moms they're doing their best to be the mom but they can't provide that father figure experience so thank you for doing that as we wrap up find you tell it to our viewers where they can uh, website or social media where can they find you
0: yeah just go to rickaltizer.com that's my name r-i-c-k-a-l-t-i-z-e-r rickaltizer.com you can I've got about nine albums out. You can find my music there. You can find uh, what films I've done. You can communicate with me there. You can send me an email from there. So,
1: yeah, come check me out. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for being on with us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Sean. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Let's Talk About Fodlessness. We want to now challenge you to take the next step by either starting a single mom community group in your church or with your ministry, or by joining our network of God is My Dad churches and ministries. Isn't it a great experience to be able to start a single mom community group?
0: Yeah, and it's just, if you talk to single
1: moms, a lot of times what they'll tell you is the one thing they're lacking is that community, just a group that they can go in and they know there's no judgment. You
0: know, everyone may not have the same situation. Everyone doesn't know what they're going through, but they can go in and they know there's no judgment. And, and it takes that kind of that restriction and that uh, wall down for them so that they can share and then that they can grow in Christ.
1: And our single mom community groups are a wonderful ministry. If your church can start one, we'd love to have you. We can help you get set up. We have the curriculum and all the resources you need. If you can't start one, we'd love to have you start by, by joining our network of churches and ministries, our God is My Dad network of churches and ministries, where you can Get your church or your ministry on our map and people can find you and find find your ministry and your church so that they can get plugged into your church or ministry locally. So check that out. You can find all these resources at lifefactors.org. We have books. We have all kinds of content on there at lifefactors.org. Check it out today.